Hey, Mystery Solvers, we have some great mysteries to talk about today. But first, we want to introduce you to another awesome podcast. Hey, guys. Hey, y'all. I'm Shelby. I'm Jenny. And we are Wax Tales. Yeah, we're a weekly podcast all about dark mysteries, twisted legends, spooky folklore, and creepy creatures. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and you can find us anywhere podcasts are played pretty much. Yeah. Um, y'all keep it twisty. That's right. Bye. Go. <laughs> Samantha just asked me if I was ready, and I sighed. So here we are. <laughs> Welcome Liz. back to Perhaps and See You. It's been a while. It's been a, a minute since we had a podcast out, thanks to fucking Minnesota. The, I take back any nice thing I've ever said about this place. It's the worst place on earth. There was a monkey's curse blizzard. Yes. That's We real. awakened an ancient curse upon ourselves we had, by uncovering the Dayton's mummified monkey. That was in the ceiling of an old department store, and once that monkey came out, there was a historic Unleashed blizzard. Unleashed a historic April blizzard the on us. The most snow we got all year. The snow in my backyard came up to my knees. It was insane. It was so bad. I was trying to help dig out the day after the blizzard, and the snowblower we have, which is admittedly a piece of shit, but the snow was taller than the snowblower. Like, it was deeper than the snowblower was tall, <sighs> so I had to kind of, like keep backing up and then taking like a running start and like chisel away at the snow with the snow. It was, it was awful. It was the worst in April. And I just wanted to just get on the the next plane out, except there was no planes leaving because the airport was shut down. Everything shut down. It was horrible. Businesses that never closed were like, no, not happening. This is not happening. It was terrible. Um, uh, so yeah, they, we couldn't get together to record because you couldn't really move. Yeah, you couldn't. Drive. I was just like was not s- stuck in my house for a couple of days the whole the whole weekend. Yep. And I went. Oh, this is April, huh? Well, maybe next year it'll be warm. Like <laughs> maybe maybe we're going into Game of Thrones style seasons where winter will just last for years. Okay. Well, that's what it felt like. Fortunately, today is better. Whew. It's almost sixty degrees. We've we did it. We, we made, made it, it somehow. Barely. Goddamn. We ha- our sanity is mostly intact. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's questionable. Well, mostly intact. Yeah. We're hanging on by a thread. We're but we bitter. Are, we are hanging we're on. We're bitter, oh, yeah. but we're here. Well, we were bitter before, but yeah, for other true. reasons. That is also very true. <laughs> so... Anyway, this is. I apologize that our Instagram account for like two weeks straight was just me complaining How about the weather. How is there more snow? Everyone's probably like, "What the fuck? Aren't you an unsolved mysteries podcast?" Nah, sure. Yeah, mostly. My are. husband was making fun of me that our Twitter is like half me liking posts from sex workers, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, it's on brand." I think so. This is a sex positive podcast. It just. Is about unsolved mysteries. <laughs> Weirdly, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. sure. I'm just, just let me use Twitter. Whatever. <laughs> just we can use Instagram to just complain about snow. <laughs> well, you're gonna get. Doesn't matter. That's gonna end, folks. I think. I think. I we never kind of want to jinx ourselves here I mean, by saying that that's the last snow of the year because who knows my coworkers keep reminding me that the only month that minnesota's never seen snow is july which i don't even know if that's true but it's frightening because that means we have several more months where we could get snow but i think we're moving in the right direction 
I just want to fall over and take a nap at the idea more snow. <laughs> it's going to melt. Does that make sense? Whereas was like, I can't take it. I'm just going to shut down. We would all just it'd be a mass exodus. From- yeah, my neighbor is literally moving away. Because of the winter. I don't blame I her at all. I don't blame her at all. Yeah. If I had the, the ability, I might. But here we are. I keep thinking about the first year I lived in Las Cruces. It was the first day of February. I was sitting at my desk, and my coworker came in and said, Whew, thank God winter's over. It was the first day of February. <laughs> and it had been in, you know, the 50s. <laughs> For like four days. Or yeah. What? Yeah. And she yeah, was that like, was a rough one. She was like, whew, I'm glad that's And I was like, that was it? That was winter? That was winter? That was, we're Shorts done now? weather where I come from. Yeah. And uh, then I go, why did I ever leave? <laughs> There's this funny thing why? that's happening in Minnesota right now, which happens every year, where the same temperature in the spring, yeah. people are throwing away their jackets in the nearest dumpster. There's sandals <laughs> everywhere. And then the same temperature in the fall, oh. people are bringing out their winter coats and scarves. <laughs> it's, so, yeah. it's so funny because we just came out of the long dark night and now... People are like, there's snow on the ground. I don't care. I'm wearing sandals. Yeah, it's people like, are walking around in short sleeves. They're still... Toes are going to get so cold. There's a still a good two feet of snow in most places. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. We are going to get in that vitamin D (laughs) any way we can. We need Ah. it so bad. Anyway, now our Instagram and the podcast itself is just us complaining about the weather. You're here for snow talk. Yeah. With Liz and Samantha. (laughs) The point is, we're sorry we missed a week. We couldn't help it. No, that was... that we can't control the weather. We can't. We we really can't. I know it seemed like we could, but that was a lie. (laughs) So here we are, a week behind now, but... Okay, what you gonna do? What what are you gonna do? It is what it is. Which means we're on episode four. Yes, season season two. two. Do you have any updates besides? Oh, I do have a very important update. Okay. Thanks to everyone who bought a tote bag. Yes. You guys are the best. Thanks to Thank everyone you. who bought a tote bag. Thanks for to Liz for pretty much handling the sale, shipping, emails, all of that stuff. I did almost nothing for that effort. It's all on Liz. So if you got a tote bag safely in the mail, <laughs> it was all because of Liz. Uh, thanks to Barbara who bought five tote bags. We, we got the order. And I was like, well... <laughs> Well, also, I wasn't really paying attention, so I just sent her an invoice for one. Right. And then I went, looked back at it, and I went, wait, five? Well, that's clearly an error. So I <laughs> emailed her, and I was like, you don't really want five, so don't worry about it. And she was like, no, I do. I do. She said that she wanted to give them as gifts, which is touching, and very, yeah. very surprising to me. It's amazing. It's amazing. So thank you, Barbara. Thanks to everyone who ordered a tote bag. Are there any left? We have, like, a handful left. So... If you want one, go to our website. It's under merch. Yep. You just have to fill out a form and we'll send you a PayPal invoice. If you're wondering about shipping in the U.S., like lower 48, shipping is a whopping 375. Not bad. So, yeah, we're not trying to sneak in some handling charges. <laughs> uh, to the U.K., I think it was $10. And to Australia, look, I'm sorry, Australia, that's $14. But that's the lowest it's we can do. It's got a long ways to go. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So if you have any questions about that, get in touch with us. So these or... tote bags are spread across the globe. I know. It's That's so cute. Amazing. <laughs> People are out there with their shiny rainbow. The cackling has to stop tote bags all over the globe. <laughs> I brought a bunch of stuff to the hospital. So my mom was in the hospital last weekend and she's fine. But I went to go pick her up and I brought a bunch of clothes in my cackling has to stop tote bags. <laughs> and I had to explain the ah! saying to, to two nurses. <laughs> One of whom was was older, and she was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I don't think she knew what a podcast was, but sure. it was super adorable. And you know, people are asking questions about it. They're admiring the tote bags. You're going to want one if you don't have one. So act fast, because yeah, we only have a few left. we don't have very many left. Um, and we're not planning on doing another run of these, so. I don't think. This is a little giving the finger to Joffrey, and right. we've had a good time with it, but... I don't think we'll. Make I don't know again. that we're gonna do it again. Certainly not until we get like a e-commerce situation <laughs> figured out. Because it was a little. It's a little more challenging to sell them this way, both for us and for the purchaser. Yeah, so, I, it's a little bit weird. Yeah, so. it's a little bit difficult. So Whatever. we're we had fun doing it. We hope that everyone who's purchased one is enjoying them. We've gotten a few emails. People yeah, telling us very sweet that their their tote bags arrived and how excited they were to get them, which is lovely. Yes. So, so thank you to everyone there. Uh, do I have any other updates? I don't know. Someone suggested, I sorry, I forget on Instagram who you are, that our next, we had discussed getting color changing mugs for our next merch item. Oh, yeah. And they thought that the mustache of the person on the mug could change color. Oh, but who would be on the mug, though? That was my next question, is who should we put on the mug? Robbie because Stacky? It could be Robbie Stacky. Because he's he has- wearing a mustache. I'm looking at him right now. <laughs> and then he would have different mustaches. That is- I, I have no idea how you get that made. That I sounds... no clue. Very complicated. Very Look, complicated. Was, we barely got these tote bags made. It was a lot Yeah, of this was a, a like, nice local transaction. I feel like you need to involve a whole factory to make color-changing mugs. You need I don't a know. project team. We couldn't. I don't think we could realistically make that happen, but it'd it be would cool. be lovely. Would yeah. Be, so unless someone out there has some color changing mug connections, you want to let us know about. I think Steph on Twitter sent me a link of a woman who's selling a spray that she claims attracts Bigfoots. So <laughs> now I was like, "There's a merch." Item I, yeah, I was like, "Next merch." And then in the article about it, someone was like, "Well, how do you know this works?" <laughs> she was like, "Ooh, tough question." <laughs> I guess I would say, how do you know it doesn't work? <laughs> I was like, bitch, that's not Good how... Point. No, Good point. That's not how that works at all. <laughs> you can't be like, this medicine cures cancer. How do you know it works? How do you know it doesn't? <laughs> no. No. But she, I think, made it as bug spray, and then someone on a Bigfoot Some expedition... Citronella spray. <laughs> ...claimed they saw Bigfoot, so she was like, see, it works. Bulletproof sounds like makes fraud. sense to me, but it's only seven dollars. Okay, that's not that. That's so not much. I don't know. Maybe we'll we'll print up some, some labels and we'll we could make Bigfoot bug spray, except that it attra- it attracts Bigfoots. No, and we'll make a spray mosquitoes. that repels both mosquitoes and Bigfoots. When you wear that spray, you won't see a single it'll, Bigfoot. It'll work every time. Yeah, genius. That's what we need. It's like on The Simpsons when. When Lisa said she had a rock that kept tigers away. And then was like, you don't see any tigers here, do you? <laughs> it's working. See, yeah. It's doing its job. <laughs> we we got to get this website up and running. So yeah. We can, we can market this Big shit. Bigfoot bug spray. Uh, I, it seems like so long since we recorded. I know. I don't even, I don't even know what's happened. Yeah. Not much. We've pretty much been 
We just hibernating. I, I made this beautiful melted oh, yeah. bead. You did some crafts. Go check <laughs> it out. Of <laughs> Robbie Stacky going back to his home planet because he hates Minnesota now. This is a work of art. I mean, I posted a photo on Instagram. I think there's a, there's a photo on all our social medias. You also <laughs> made a couple alien heads. Yeah, I think I'm gonna give those to someone. Our next patreon subscriber that's more than a dollar you'll get a portrait of robbie stacky and a, also a gray alien <laughs> and maybe i'll put like a little ribbon through it you can like hang, hang it, on your christmas tree. it on your christmas tree yeah or your Beautiful. car window or something i don't know <laughs> do you remember as a kid when you made crabs out of a be- beads and then you melted it with an iron yep you put them on the little yeah forms or whatever i made the stars Sure. Uh, I think we, I specifically remember just having shapes, but there is fancier ones. Yeah. Yes. And you made That's what I was doing while I was snowed in my house. Went, oh, today's Perler bead day. (laughs) (laughs) Check them out on our Instagram page. And if you're not subscribed on Patreon, um, you should be because we put out bonus content every month. And this month, we're going to have an episode out this week. So you're listening to this on iTunes. And if you are a subscriber on Patreon, you can listen to us talk about deadly women. Deadly delinquents. Which was... It's all it, it exceeded my murders. expectations, I will say. It's an, it's an uh, investigation discovery show. Yes. Um, and it was good. Um, and bad at the same time. <laughs> right. But yes. You can hear us talk good about it on cases. Patreon. Bad reenactments. And if you subscribe on Patreon for more than a dollar, you will get... <laughs> You'll get Robbie Staggy's head if you're the first person. Yeah. Since I said this. Okay. Should we get into it? Yeah. This, um, Samantha. Episode is not my favorite, but... Oh, yeah. You remember how our, our last episode two weeks ago, you went, ho-hum, that wasn't that great. Well... <laughs> you're in for it again, because... <laughs> lackluster episode it's not, yeah it's really not there's nothing stood out there was like maybe one moment that i put on instagram if you follow us on instagram and you watch our instagram stories sometimes i take videos of the episode i won't post them on our regular feed because i don't want to get sued by unsolved mysteries but i will post some funny so moments and they're definitely not listening let's hope for that well i mean they have to catch it it's only there for 24 hours <laughs> so i think i'm safe plus can they figure out instagram yeah, the, listen. The story is probably probably not. So, uh, but other than that, like one brief reenactment, like nothing stood out in this episode. But anyway, our first one is a wanted. Yes, in Nebraska, and this yeah. actually is kind of a weird story. This is the, the best case in this episode. I would I would say. Yeah. Um. So we open with shots of a small town, a farmer on his tractor, a little quaint downtown area. Robert Stack's voiceover says that in October of 1986, Anna Marie Anton, a 34-year-old divorcee, moved to this small, isolated community. The town is Lyons, Nebraska, and Anna Marie was a stranger in town. Mary Piper, who is the world's least welcoming mayor says there is no rational reason why she would move here people don't move to lyons nebraska she's basically like this town sucks <laughs> why would you come here no one comes here unless like your family lives here yeah or for work which she sort of implied like basically doesn't exist yeah or yeah she was like there's no reason to just move to a town <laughs> to this town yeah which sucks that i'm a mayor of <laughs> It's like, okay. <laughs> I'd like to think Mary of this Piper. sign that says, like, welcome to Lyons, Nebraska. There's no need to move here. 
And then you go, oh, okay. All right. Thanks, Lions. Let's drive Very through. welcoming. Yep. Years earlier, Anna Marie had injured her leg in a car accident. Her friends and neighbors in Lions would take her or would take turns driving her to and from church. Which seemed to be the only place that she went. She I went, think it was the only place to go in Lyons, Nebraska. She went church. every day if she could get a ride. Yeah. Every, not, did I say every Sunday? No, no. Every day. Every day. Yes. And the blouses at that church. Whoa. Man, oh man. Whoa. Poofy <laughs> sleeves. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Shirley Edgecombe, uh, Anna's Fake neighbor. Fake name if I ever heard one. Edgecombe? Yeah. What? She looked like, I don't know. Shirley seems like a nice lady. She's definitely your neighbor in Lyons, Nebraska, though. Yeah, she is, like, in your business. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. I think everyone probably in this town was, but especially Shirley. Anna's, um, so she was Anna's neighbor, and she said that Anna appeared to be a very religious person. She seemed to have high morals. She didn't drink, and she went to church daily if she could find a ride. That's sounds terrible that's my purgatory right there living in Lyons, nebraska and having nothing to do but go to church every day yeah i mean even the mayor thinks that place sucks if you live in Lyons, nebraska and you're like no it's actually great we got rid of that mayor let us know yeah well we want to hear about it so as shirley and anna became friends anna started to confide in shirley anna said that her ex-husband had been involved in a large drug ring and she had testified against him and other members Anna claimed to have moved to Lyons, hoping to hide from her ex-husband and his drug ring friends. She said that she chose that apartment because the police chief lived right above her. And in the reenactment, she hands Shirley an envelope and tells her to open it in the event that anything ever happened to her. This was my favorite part. So if you had an envelope like that, (laughs) what would it say inside? If you were like, Liz, if anything ever happens to me, open this. Which, first of all, am I going to wait all that time? No. No, No, never. (laughs) Like, so you go missing. I'm like, oh, yeah, Samantha gave me that envelope. And I open it up. Well, I would would list the top suspects. Okay. That's who you should look into. Yeah. Uh, I would probably have instructions. It'd probably be several pages. It would have to be a binder because I'd have all the instructions for caring for my dogs. <laughs> right? So it's probably got like chapters. Sure, sure. There's little dividers in between. It's like, don't forget about my plants. Right. And then the plant section or how you can water, you know, water yeah. the plants. That seems you, have, like the, you would have like an operations manual. Yeah. Like something an office manager would have of like, here's how to run the office. And You're no like, one would ever read it because it would be too damn long. Here's how to run the my garbage. life. Yeah. My thought was, if I were to give you such an envelope, I would want it to say inside something I say to Mac frequently as I'm leaving the house, which instead of saying, tell my family I love them, I frequently leave and say, tell my enemies I hate them. <laughs> and then I go about my life. So that if I were to drop dead, say, you know, while I'm out, I get hit by a car. I want Mac to be at my funeral, take someone aside and go, yeah, Liz never really liked you. <laughs> I don't know why you're here. And that... Mac seems way too nice to do he that. He would never I, do that. I would do that for you. Okay. I need a list of names and then I'll, okay. one by one. I'll put that in the envelope. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good idea. Because, yeah, Mac's, no, Mac's never going to do that. Nice. There's no way he's going to go, here's the thing. Liz wasn't a fan. <laughs> she actually hated your guts. Yeah. But so, I sorry but about the it. The thought of him doing that makes me so happy <laughs> that I'm not even sure I would be that sad about being dead. <laughs> <laughs> Tell my enemies I hate them. 
So on December 16th, 1986, Shirley brought some groceries over to Anna's apartment. She was surprised to find the back door locked. Anna was nowhere to be found. Later that evening, Shirley tried again, but Anna seems to, seemed to have disappeared. Police Chief Greg Webb, who lived above Anna, agreed to let Shirley into Anna's apartment. And uh, the guy who plays him in the reenactment is my pick for MDM. Mainly because oh, I think that's the only mustache really in, the no, sh- in this episode. Oh, I have a great Did I pick miss one? for the next mystery. You want to see the sketch? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> I call it the... What? Who was that? Why does it have horns? <laughs> I call it the stingray. <laughs> it does look like a stingray. Uh, what? This is John in our next mystery. Okay, in the, in I don't the Lost remember him Loves. at all. So um, the actor who plays Greg Webb's mustache... Uh, stuck out to me the because it, who plays his mustache we have another sentient mustache situation <laughs> there's one guy playing him but then one guy playing his mustache it's just like he's like in a, a furry costume and like trying to lie sideways the whole time I'm picturing the tryouts for for the must the role of the mustache. <laughs> this could have been a sentient mustache because it stuck out from his face so far. It was a good a good half an inch. It doesn't fit his face. From his face, it's like stuck out he, straight. The guy in the reenactment who doesn't look a thing. No, no, not like, a the real thing guy didn't like even have a mustache. The real guy has a very like giant lumberjack face. Yes, and this guy was. That in the reenactment, it's sort of a squirrely dude. Yeah, very squirrely. And then they put, I don't know, maybe it was a fake mustache. I don't know. It was, it was, yeah, a surprising it, mustache. It <laughs> maybe someone was playing that mustache. I don't, I don't understand. You want, this was a case where they wanted them to recognize him. And yet they got an actor that didn't look, look a thing like, like him. Uh, but anyway, inside Anna's apartment, there was no sign of her. In Anna's room, there was an outfit laid out, shirt, pants, underwear, and her shoes, which was odd because it was winter. And those were apparently like the only shoes she had, or they're the ones she wore most often. I do basically, in the winter at least, wear the same pair of shoes no, every that's single day. True. That's true. I have a brown pair and a gray pair. Depending on the outfit, I'm switching between them. And if you came here like, where is Liz's black boots? Oh, no. She must be wandering in the (laughs) snow without shoes on. Or murdered. Yeah. I mean, not probably murdered. So Chief Webb decided to call the numbers in Anna's address book, but she wasn't with anyone who was listed. Sadly, 11 days after Anna disappeared, her body was found in a remote field. She was shot twice in her torso with a 38 caliber gun. The body was found outside of Lyons' jurisdiction, so criminal invest- a criminal investigator for the Nebraska State Patrol, Jerry Krieger, was assigned to the case. And Jerry Krieger is on the fucking job. This guy yes. thinks he is Sherlock Holmes. He is here for it. It's um, It's good that he was brought in because otherwise i don't think this would have been solved no he did take his job very seriously um also they interviewed him in a closet why is he like <laughs> it's, it's so dark and shadowy it is we i think that was supposed to make it's it like, dramatic where is he but it does seem like he's in a closet what is, is he the one that referred to her body being found in an unclad okay, condition yeah. so one of my notes on this guy is he talks so weird she was in an unclad condition at one point he said she did not succumb to her her death in this location oh no yeah. she did not succumb her death in this location 
Okay. He thinks he's some kind of poet or something. I'm not totally sure. He's trying to be like really scientific or something. I think so. But it's almost like he's trying to be so specific with his speech that it's almost confusing. It's very strange. He talks in a way. It's not the way anyone talks. No, it's not how anyone talks. Um, But he did determine that she had been killed elsewhere and dumped in the field. Uh, the reenactment is pretty funny. They show him walking up to the body and someone uncovers it for him. He looks at it for about a second and goes, yep, looks like a gunshot wound. <laughs> that was his job. This guy is no actor. He was in the reenactments and he's, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's good at solving crimes, I guess. Well, you only not, have to be good at, I mean. Not community theater. That's his real job. So that's fine. The body had been cleaned and they were not able to recover any physical evidence. The autopsy revealed that Anna's blood alcohol content was 0.22, extremely high for someone who purportedly did not drink. Uh, Krieger interviewed Shirley, who told him everything and turned over the note. Upon investigating, however, they discovered that Anna's ex-husband had an alibi and had never been involved in any drug activity. Yeah, her story about why she had to move to Lyons for fear of her life. Turns out it was not true at all. It's totally not true. Which is strange. It's so weird. We never really find out why. Maybe she was just, I mean, it seemed like it was a boring ass place. Maybe she was just trying to liven things I up by telling sort people. I think sympathy. Maybe that too. But it's strange that she made up this story about, oh, my life is in danger and then did end up murdered. It's just unrelated to that because that was not true. It's weird. This story does take several twists and turns. So the Lions police and the state patrol met up in the highway cafe to, quote, compare notes. Again, have- Robert Stack says the word cafe. So weird. He does. What's that about? I'm not really sure. It's kind of how he says attache case. <laughs> it's very, yeah. yeah, it's his own way of Look, fancy talk. Just Robert Stackism. Uh, yeah. Uh, they apparently sat in a corner booth that was barely big enough for all of them to sit and talk <laughs> together. <laughs> That's what they love to do. Good thing it was reenacted like, for There was us. no conference room at the police station. I wouldn't really no, understand. They went to the, I can't even say it the way he says it because it's. The so highway I, cafe. The cafe. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, they all crammed together. Into this booth. So that their legs could rub together. <laughs> this is weird. Uh, yeah, it's a little yeah. odd. Krieger somehow begins to interrogate Police Chief Webb. This is what I posted on Instagram because it's fucking hilarious. According to yeah. the reenactment, he seemingly out of nowhere asks, were you two in- ever intimately involved? Uh, the guy who plays Webb goes, uh no and like takes an awkward drink of coffee and then he repeats himself he just says were you ever intimately involved and then the guy who plays web just goes yeah <laughs> he, he like cracks under the pressure of being asked a question twice yeah exactly it's it's that reenactment's worth watching it was pretty funny uh so then krieger started to consider chief web a suspect two days after anna's body was found they tested her apartment for blood they felt that web was listening to them as they were doing this and they did find traces of blood all over her apartment in fact there was a trail of blood that led up to chief web's apartment so kind of damning yeah in the reenactment they literally have the luminol they find a blood trail they follow it up the stairs, and it literally, like, goes into his apartment. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, like, the most damning evidence you ever saw. It was. During the investigation that night, Greg Webb left the building. The next day, he withdrew $3,000 and disappeared. Krieger got a warrant to search the chief's apartment, where he found a mop with blood on it that was Anna's blood type. They also found a coat in the closet that had blood on it, also Anna's blood type. So Krieger... 
uh, next says that he, as he started looking into Anna, he discovered that she had two lives. One in Lyons, Nebraska, where she was very religious, and one in Arnold's Park, where she was a bar floozy. I just wrote, yeah, okay. <laughs> bar floozy. Is that floozy. all she did? Go to the bar? Yeah, she literally and just... be a floozy? <laughs> she didn't do anything else? Well, and it, what we're calling a floozy is just, like, friendly. Like, they show her going into the bar and, like... She's like, oh, you know, patting some guy she knows. Yeah, on the back and saying he looks nice. And he's, like, I some old I think it means that, Samantha, brace yourself, she had sex sometimes. Maybe. Actually, it didn't even seem like that. It just seemed like she walked into a bar and was friendly to some people she knew. Well, they're not going to put the sex in the reenactment, Samantha. Sometimes, I guess. I guess. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, she wasn't as religious as she was in Lions. I suppose is the point. So she would carry on with men in this bar is what Carry on. (laughs) I think we all know what that means. Or do, or do we? Or do we? I really just think she was kind of like friendly and flirtatious. I think she was known she to like go to, to a bar and drink there. Yeah, that seems shocking. Yeah. She met up with friends and sat in a booth and drank at a shitty bar, is what they showed in the reenactment. Well, so, that's unacceptable. It's a shady double life she was leading. Uh, in this bar is where Greg and Anna met. She mentioned to him that she was looking for a place to live, and he apparently suggested that she move into an unoccupied apartment in his building. He was above Which is right below her him. apartment. Yes. Yeah. Robert Stack tells us that Anna was infatuated with Webb, but she soon learned that he had another girlfriend. Anna confided in Shirley about how bothered she was that Greg had a girlfriend and that they weren't married, but they were sleeping together. And she was apparently super upset about this, which is also why I think that she wasn't like sleeping around. That's um, true. She's very fixated on Webb. Yeah. So she told Shirley that she could ha- often hear them having sex through the ceiling of her apartment. And in the reenactment, she was like <laughs> pulling at her hair. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> She thought that it was a sin and would sprinkle holy water up and down the stairs and on the doorknobs. That's not the most normal behavior I've heard. It's it's not. But when we're out in the woods doing the same thing with our Bigfoot repellent, sprinkling it on the zipper of our tent (laughs) to keep the the Bigfoots away. away. Yes. (laughs) Buy it soon. Yeah. Perhaps it's you, Bigfoot bug spray. Yep. Repel, Top secret formula. Repel everything. Yes. Smells a little like citronella, but it's special <laughs> ingredients in there. <laughs> Krieger discovered that on the night of Anna's death, Greg Webb had gone to her apartment very intoxicated. I don't know how he knows this. I think it's maybe the no- neighbors were nosy. Um, he never says. He speculates that Anna may have confronted him about this other woman, but who knows i'm not really sure the next morning webb was seen carrying something out of his house in the early morning hours that was vaguely body shaped and putting it in the trunk of his car poor anna so he was caught thanks to the broadcast um the reenactment of him carrying her body into a field while the sun is rising is strangely like romantic looking (laughs) but he's the Getting rid of a corpse. Yeah, that's super well done. Also, he purposely picked the dump site. Oh, right. To cause jurisdiction problems because it is a Native American reservation. But that's why this guy that's actually good at solving crimes was Was brought in. Assigned to the case. So I feel like, you know, for a split second, he was smart. Like, oh, this will cause jurisdiction problems. And maybe, like, people won't look into the case as much because who knows who's got jurisdiction. Right. But then someone 
way like way smarter yeah, than backfired. him came. Yeah, it backfired a lot. The case was featured as a part of the October eighteenth, nineteen eighty nine episode. This is interesting. It was one of the rare cases where a photograph of the victim was not shown. Also, it was also a rare case in hmm. that none of Anna's family members or friends outside of Lyons were interviewed. Uh, I'm reading off the Unsolved Mysteries wiki for this, and I don't know why that was. Maybe her her family asked that they don't show her photo. That's the only thing I can think of. Hmm. But the result is that he was captured. In 1991, Anna's mother passed away without ever seeing her daughter's killer apprehended. Oh, that's then terrible. in 1993, Webb was discovered living in Florida under the assumed name Gregory Jim Weber, working as a construction worker. When his colleague saw his face on a rerun of the broadcast, he immediately contacted the authorities. Although he was charged with first-degree murder, Webb later pleaded guilty to manslaughter. He was sentenced to seven to eight years in prison in 1996. Webb was released from prison on August 2, 2002. The duplex where Anton lived in the lower apartment and Webb in the upper was demolished in 2008. This guy only got eight years. That's sad. This is not a manslaughter case at no, all. No, it's ridiculous. Mm. It seems like he took a deal or something. I don't know. He yeah, I think he ended up pleading flat out, but yeah, to a lesser charge. It's ridiculous. Yes. Eight years for killing someone. Very while premeditatedly. You, while you're a police officer. Yes. Disposing of the body. Like, this isn't... And then running away. Yeah. I think just the fact that he was a police officer should make the sentence more. You would think. But it because probably actually sort of, was the opposite. Uh, and this photo of him with this beard. He looks like a crazed lumberjack. He does. He really does. It's frightening. It's like if the brownie, brawny paper towel guy <laughs> fell on hard times. <laughs> And resorted to a life of crime. That is kind of what this guy the, would like. The paper like. towel business just ain't what it used to be. Well, you know it's not. Thanks to millennials. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know anyway, that was all we had. It was. I don't say this is the best. Yeah. It. I think the fact that she lied about her ex-husband is an interesting twist. Yeah. And it's, it's never really. I mean, I don't think anyone ever knew why she did that. I think she's just a liar. I mean, she could have been. Yeah. It's just a strange... Like, you think, like, oh, here she knew she was going to get murdered, and she, like, left the clues to find her killer, and then it's like, no, that was That actually was irrelevant. <laughs> and they have this whole thing about her double life, which I think you can go to bars and also church, but it is weird that, like, when she didn't live in Lyons, she was, like, often... She spent well, most of her time at she bars. she didn't drink at all. And then... Yeah. When she went to Lyons, and maybe she was just... Knew that her neighbors were super judgmental. So, I think she was just trying to impress people in town. She just wanted people to like yeah. her. Yeah. And clearly, I mean, she had alcohol in her system when they found her, so she wasn't not drinking like she said yeah. she was. So, I don't know. I think she was just trying to win over people in town. That's possible. After she moved there to be close to Jim and then had to listen to him have sex all the time, and it was terrible. Yeah. So, it's a bad way to go. Yeah, I'm sure Shirley wouldn't want to be friends with the bar floozy, so right. you're probably right. Right. I think she was putting on a show a tiny bit. Yeah, could have been. Just trying to fit in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's sad that she was murdered. She seemed relatively nice. I don't know. I mean... People seem to like her. Jim's a dirtbag. He totally is. Do you want to talk about this? Talk this about some one? lost loves. This yeah. definitely has my MVM. Okay. John's mustache that I'm calling the Stingray. 
Is John one of the kids? Yes. Okay, I think I'm... Is it white? Is it a white mustache? No. Okay. Someone in this mystery has an uh, impressive white mustache, too, I think. Now so that I'm is, remembering. This is the last love of a group of siblings. Specifically, by the time this is being broadcast, they're looking for two brothers. But originally, it was six children. Um, they were from Locust Grove, Oklahoma. In 1959, Edith and Top Rogers, which is not a name, lived in a small shack in Locust Grove, Oklahoma. They had six children. Robert, Johnny Lee, Ella Mae, Vernon, Billy, and Joey. Uh, It was a very rough life. They were basically not making ends meet. None of the children had shoes. They often were going without food. One of the children when grown up said that they could remember a time where they went without food for so long they were weak and just laying in bed and had to this is a really sad one yeah and had to wait for like eventually neighbors like took pity on them and brought them food um part of the problem is that top seemed to drink all their money away yep um he was also extremely abusive he abused his wife edith as well as all the children um robert remembered a night where he like picked up a piece of firewood and tried to swing it at his dad to get him to start beating his mom and then that didn't work obviously because he's a small child and so he and it was just a rough rough situation extremely rough i think that edith you know it seemed like edith really loved them but the situation was really out of her control and yeah it was sadly yeah like what could she do i guess she was trapped yeah yeah so they have a memory of her one day coming home and giving them all presents and saying that was the last chance she i'm gonna cry (laughs) it's so sad this is the last chance i'm gonna have to and i think like them getting presents was a very special occasion i don't think that happened very often considering they didn't even have shoes right so she gives them all presents and it's like this is the last chance i'm gonna have to give it to you and then child services understandably intervenes deems the the home not fit and takes the children so they end up that was in early 1960 and so they didn't being small children they didn't like fully process that that meant they weren't gonna see their mom again or they weren't gonna see their siblings again yeah i mean obviously i think they were happy to get out of there to some degree but also they love their siblings right um six months after they're removed from the home edith commits suicide yeah because <laughs> it's so sad. It's really depressing. Because her life was her children. Yeah. And um, her daughter, Celia, explains that she didn't really have any other family. No. So she was just left stuck with abusive top, who for some reason wasn't arrested or anything. No. Even though there's clear evidence of all of this. Yeah. Like, I understand the children needed to be removed from the home, but why doesn't he go to jail? Anyway, it's a different time, I guess. Um... So she swallowed poison, killing herself. So the last time that all the siblings were together was at her, her funeral. funeral. Where they played Silent Night and they all had to sing it at her grave? Yeah. Which meant that like weird. every time they heard that song from then on, it was terrifying. The oldest son is like, this is not a Christmas carol to me. He's like, first of all, it's really weird that they decided to sing that song. Second of all, now every Christmas I hear that song and all I think about is my mom's funeral and the last time I saw all my siblings. It was horrible. Yeah. I mean, maybe that was her favorite song or something, but it's it's 
a terrible choice because of the, the impact that would yeah. have on you every time you heard that for the rest of your life. Yeah, it was weird. Whew. So they're taken to a local orphanage. They're eventually adopted out to six different families. Understandably, hard to find someone to take in. Six, six children. children. It's still super sad. Um, also that they were never able to keep in contact with each other. Yeah. You would think you'd at least, like, give them their address. They could write letters or something. I'm sure now this would be handled... Much differently. Much differently. But I think at the time, the idea was, like, this is your life now. Like, you need to forget the past. I guess. And that's really not healthy. But I think it was, like, here's your new family that's so much better. Like, forget about everything that happened to you before (laughs) that. Uh, Which just meant they were, like, cut off from all of their siblings. Yeah. Oh, I... Top was eventually arrested. He he goes to the his wife's funeral in handcuffs, but it's not for beating her. It's for getting into a fight with a, another man in Arkansas. Yeah, so that's up. disturbing. So he gets to go to the service, but he's like in handcuffs, and I don't know that his children even like really interact with him. Yeah, no, I think all at this point, especially for the older ones, it's starting. They're starting to realize what's like, going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is, a, this is a rough one. So sad. So 23 years later, Ella May, who her name after being adopted is Celia Wagner, wrote a letter to the Oklahoma Department of Human Services. Around the same time, her brother Johnny Lee, now John Riger, my pick for MVM, also <laughs> wrote to the same organization, which is great because that meant that on February 10th, 1984, they were reunited in Oklahoma City. Three weeks later, they they located their brother, Robert, and they were reunited with him. And then a few weeks after that, they found their brother, Vernon. So the four of them were reunited, and they decided to go back to their childhood home in Locust Grove, which I realized they wanted some closure, but I would not want to go back there. Do you think they wanted to do this, or like Unsolved Mysteries suggested it? Why don't you go back to that house of horrors you used to get beaten in? Yeah, it did not seem like a, a trip anyone enjoyed. No. It was very somber. They were yeah, all I mean, just kind of like... It's nice to see... You see... Um, okay, now named Celia and John reunite, and John's like, we were both lit up like a Christmas tree, and it's really <laughs> cute, and then... You see that their brother Robert. Um, he might have been the it, one. And it turned out that they he lived like pretty close to John. There was one, the youngest one. It turns out that they had like seen, they like met each other. They like had the same yes, friends. Yes, I think that's Vernon. They like found out like, oh, we've actually like met socially numerous times, and I had no idea who was my brother. We have like mutual friends. Yeah, which, which is, is crazy. crazy. But I'm kind of cool to them yeah. that they live so close together, and I don't know, they can hang out now. So they decided to go back to their horrible childhood home, possibly because Unsolved Mysteries made them. I'm not sure. Uh, according to Unsolved Mysteries Wiki, the visit brought back painful memories of the past. Oh, no shit. <laughs> no shit. Yep. Um, they also went and saw their father's grave. Yes. Which, so, why didn't they didn't just spit on it? I mean, I guess Unsolved Mysteries There's a really nice part, which I think, like, explains so much about why situations like this are so awful i think it's robert he's he's at his father's grave he's explaining that he's spent the last 18 or whatever years of his life hating his father every day mm-hmm. understandably yes. rightfully so and then he finds out he's dead he doesn't really have to hate him anymore and he's like looking down at it and he's like 
I kind of wish I could tell him I'm sorry and maybe he would tell me that he's sorry. But yeah. there's nothing for him to be I sorry I, for. I, I, that part was, like, it was, uh, I know. I felt so bad for him. And he's he was at one point saying, um, I spent my entire life imagining a situation in which I saw him again and I would try and I would tell him try to do to me what you did to me as a child yeah basically I'm gonna kick your fucking ass right but he's phrased it nicely and then when he finds out he's dead he's like all that just immediately left me like the desire to you know get revenge on him just left and now I just wish that we could both apologize to each other which I'm like why would you apologize for anything I mean (sighs) these these people were they seem so suffering nice. some lasting effects from from this. And oh, I, absolutely! My heart I mean, breaks. Of course, this is such a sad, sad situation. And at one point in the reenactment, where they're standing in their childhood home, John says, "Like, well, I'm glad we got adopted out. Like, we're all better off, don't you think?" Yeah. And it's like clearly they missed each other so much, but they also were recognizing like. This was not a life, and we had to get out of here. Yeah. And I feel like I'm going to cry. <laughs> so sad. I mean, it has uh, a happy ending because they're all reunited, and yes. they're all so happy. So the mystery when this was aired is that they were still seeking Billy and Joey Rogers. Um, so they aired this segment looking for the last two brothers so that they could all be reunited. And I think they both watched the episode. Mm-hmm. One for sure said that he was watching it. He, was and he watching jumped it. up and was, was like, like, that's me. They're looking for me. Oh, it's, yeah. so sweet. So you see them like reunite at the airport and they're all hugging and clearly related. Yes. <laughs> they look so similar. <laughs> yes. And talking about how they love each other. And oh my, it's, it's, it's really cute. honestly really sweet. There is something about Unsolved Mysteries. I should look into more how they did these interviews because they really get some men to open up that I feel like are probably kind of macho. In oh, other, yeah. These guys are for sure. In, they look like truck drivers. In honestly. other environments. But here they're going like, I just want you to know that I love you. Yeah, and it's freaking sweet as hell. It's it's the opposite of toxic masculinity. Yeah, People are really opening it. up and being very mushy about their siblings and the lives that they would spend together. And it was so sweet. Yeah. So, yeah. So the the last two brothers were found. They both had totally different names, which I think is part of why they had trouble finding them. Billy was now Chuck Young and Joey was now Rusty Davenport. (laughs) Or Rusty Durant. So I'm going to have to take back my phrase, trust no Rusties. This Rusty seemed fine. But his... He's so nice. He seemed nice. Well, I guess I was going to say that's not necessarily his given name. I mean, it was that's given true. to him. That's but that was true. the same for the last Rusty, too. So that doesn't hold up either. Anyway, generally speaking. Yeah. Sadly, John passed away in 2006. Oh, I didn't know that. That's sad. Yeah. But at least he got to be reunited with his siblings for a while. Yeah. Because it clearly meant a lot to him. And I think I'm just going to go cry now. <laughs> Sweet it's one. So, I mean, I can't imagine if... I was like eight and taken away from my brother and never saw my brother until I was in my 30s. I know. Trying to imagine it is horrible. Just what a loss that would be. Yeah. And then to find out, it's like, oh, he's a few miles away down the road. Right. And then you can only think of all of the years you've missed out on. Yeah. They're right there. Ugh. (sighs) That's awful. Anyway. If you you need a good cry, maybe watch that one. Otherwise, mm. 
So we have another case. This is the murder of Ralph Probst uh, in Cook County, Illinois. So 30-year-old Ralph Probst was an Illinois sheriff's officer in Cook County. And Honestly, it- don't trust anyone from the Cook County Sheriff's Department. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. Chicago is in Cook County. <laughs> immediate reaction i was like what kind of corrupt thing is this guy into i I don't trust him one bit we could do some speculating so uh he had been a chemical engineer but later decided to pursue a career in law enforcement on the night of april 10th 1967 he and his wife marlene were watching the oscars together at some point marlene fell asleep Later, she woke up to the sound of an explosion and glass breaking. She saw a cloud of smoke from behind the television set. When she went into the kitchen, she found her husband dead on the floor. He had been shot once in the back of the head through the kitchen window. By the time Marlene summoned help, Ralph was dead. On the day that he had that he was laid to rest, his partner, Bob Borowski, vowed to catch his killer. The two first met in 1964 when they were both assigned to the special elite tactical squad. Uh-huh. Ralph earned himself the reputation of someone who played strictly by the rules. This gained him at least one bitter enemy, notorious mobster Sam DeStefanano. DeStefanano. Sure. I think I said that right. It doesn't matter. A few months before Ralph's death, he and Bob were assigned to guard DeStefanano. And when Ralph handcuffed Sam, who was ill in the hospital, to his bed, he told Ralph that he was going to kill him. Dun, dun, dun! The reenactment is really funny. It's just this, like, no-nonsense cop that's like, I don't give a shit who you are. This guy's wearing, like, a fucking smoking jacket in his hospital bed. Yeah, he's, like, trying to get fancy food. Yeah. Some woman is there, like, outside of visiting hours or something. Right, and and Ralph is like, fucking get back in bed. What are you doing? And then he's like, you better sleep with one eye open for the rest of your life, pal. And he's like, whatever, who cares? Yeah. Police found out that Ralph had been shot with a rare 41 caliber Magnum. This gun had only recently been produced. The bullet that killed Ralph had ricocheted off of a kitchen cabinet and landed on the stove. Nobody witnessed the gunman, um, while some did hear a shot. It is believed that the killer was watching Ralph through the kitchen window, lying in wait until he had the right chance to shoot. Um, When investigators learned of DeStefanano's threats, he was suspected along with ralph's wife both were later cleared of any involvement in the case and police began to suspect that ralph may have been secretly working to bring down a vice ring they first suspected his wife because they were like a cloud of smoke like that's like from the movies like that doesn't actually happen and what they did was they brought a gun and like a crime scene analyst to the house and they shot through the window from various distances and they discovered if you were right up against the window that there really was a puff of smoke that came through inside the house yeah and there was also glass was found outside the house and not inside the house so it sort of made it seem like the bullet was shot from inside right but then when they did the not reenactment whatever you want to call yeah, the it t- the test or the whatever. test that actually, if you were shooting right up against the glass of that window, that happened. It did fall back. So thank goodness that they tested it because otherwise they would have wrongfully arrested Marlene, who had a sweet beehive. She did. And it was funny because in the reenactment of the test, her and one of the police officers are sitting on the couch inside the house. It was a pretty small house. You could see the kitchen. Yeah. 
Um, and they just kind of like both cheer when the puff of smoke comes through. <laughs> like, I'm not a murderer! Yay! <laughs> exactly. Which is unfortunate that she had to go through that. But I mean, you do have to look at the loved ones. In these I mean, situations. Pretty much always them. Also, her story sounded a little bit BS. She was like, I just, I was sleeping on the couch and I woke up and there was a puff of smoke and my husband was dead. Yeah. So you're like, yeah, right, lady. Yeah. But it turns out she was not involved at all. So investigators learned that on the afternoon of the murder, Ralph visited a gas station and made a call from a payphone. Bob believes that Ralph was told that he would receive another phone call later that night. He believes that this was a setup to ensure that Ralph would be in the kitchen when the gunman arrived. Investigators suspected that an ex-convict named Frank Call Vice might have been the killer, especially after Ralph had apparently visited Frank shortly before his death. Also, a man resembling Frank was looking at a home for sale across the street from Ralph. The man had asked if the layout was similar to the layout of the Probst home. However, in 1974, Frank Calvice died without ever being charged with the crime. Bob Borowski plans to continue the work on the case until Ralph's killer is found. So the segment ran for the first time in August 22, 1990. Um... Some references to this case claim that the partner of Ralph Probst was murdered, which is incorrect. This is according to the Unsolved Mysteries wiki. The result is that it's unsolved. They never found his murder. It's no weird. one knows what happened or why. And I think everyone is pretty much dead now. So it probably will never be solved. It's weird. It's weird. It is very weird. But I mean, I assume as a police officer in this area, probably, well, in any area, really, you make a lot of enemies. And it could have been anyone. And they were kind of talking in the show. They were like, how would anyone know that he was going to be in the kitchen at that time? Well, if you're stalking the house, you're just waiting for him to walk by. Yeah, I don't understand. They're like, well, they wouldn't just wait outside for a long time. And I was like, why not? Yeah, he's going to he's there to kill him. Like eventually he's going to get up from watching the Oscars and want something to drink. And the house was really small. It's not like it was this giant mansion. Yeah. Where, like, where, in what room could he be in? It's like there's two it's like rooms on that yeah, one. Yeah, basically uh, he's going to walk by. They also seem to think that this person had to be a professional because they shot through a window and hit him square in the back of the head. Which, I mean, Maybe. that could be. He could also just be a lucky shot. Also, he was it was not that far away. Again, it was pretty much, he was a few feet away. Yeah. it was a very small house. So, I don't know. It, it seems like it could have been anyone. I don't know that it's really, like, such a brilliant move to be like, oh, he's probably going to be home watching the Oscars. Like, he might have told people he would be home watching the right. Oscars. And or then you he's just, just always home at night. Just wait for him to eventually go to his kitchen. Right. Like what? What they're acting? What like, are the Oscars on? Like Sunday night? Like yeah. he probably works on Monday. Like of course he's gonna be home. Yeah, they're acting like it would take some brilliant mastermind <laughs> to figure that out, and it seems really obvious. Yeah, it makes me think of a, th- a problem in England for big TV events like the World Cup, where everybody's watching TV at the same time when. There's commercial break. So many people put the kettle on that it interferes with the electrical grid. Wow. Because so many people go and make tea at the same time. So I was like, so it's just a commercial came up and he went to go get some water and then ended up shot. They have similar issues with the the sewer systems in places like where the Super Bowl is. Where at halftime, everyone's going to the bathroom. No. That it can cause a lot of problems. Like, we had to consider this this year when the Super Bowl is here. And luckily, our infrastructure didn't, I don't think it suffered at all. But yeah, everyone gets up at the same time and goes to the bathroom and runs the dish, you know, the sink or whatever and flushes their toilets. And then you're overloading the system, which is gross to think about. But 
Yeah, thanks, Samantha. That is gross. You listen. <laughs> anyway. Unsolved. I did like that unsolved. house, though. It yeah. was cute. It had those blue metal cabinets. It looked like, you know. It was cute. The houses of yesteryear. Yeah. The, it was the opposite of a Property Brothers type. Yeah. Which, open layout. That's all I want, man. <laughs> I'm picking out a lot of things, and I always run things by Liz, and she always comes back. Like, I was looking at uh, countertops the other day, and I'm sending her some photos. I'm like, what do you think of this one? What do you think of this one? And she sends me back, like, glittery pink. <laughs> like, like, if I could pick out countertops for my house. <laughs> this is what I would get. She's like, that is not what I asked you. <laughs> They're adorable. Like, I don't even know these things exist. <laughs> so it's fun when you send them to me, because I'm like, oh. oh. What about mint green <laughs> boomerang countertops? <laughs> yes. I love it. Who wouldn't want that? Yeah. Apparently everyone except me. Well, I mean, we I, live in the era of flipper flop or whatever. The, the grayish. Not gray, not beige. The grayish. Uh, should we rate this episode? Yeah. Mysteriousness. Um, hmm. Well, the first one was like an America's Most Wanted, really. Yeah. Second it did take one. some impressive in- investigated, in- investigative work. There's a good to twist it out. to it, but, but it really wasn't. It's not really it wasn't a, mysterious. a mysterious story. Neither was the second one. No. So, but, but the last one's on top. So I'm gonna give it a sideways. Sideways. A for lower me. sideways. Reenactments. I'm. There was a few. A few moments. Yeah, I'd say that's an upper sideways. <laughs> yeah, we're like leaning towards up. I don't know. Because uh, some of there's good, some good moments. You can. I mean, the reenactments you can do in a case where children and families are abused no, and separated. No, that one's not good. Like, you, there's just no her room. Her pulling at her hair because she has to hear sex noises. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, so, it's, it's leading towards up. Fashion? I didn't even really notice any. There's, uh, you get a lot of church blouses. True. You get Marlene's Nebraska church her outfits. beehive wearing some, yeah, Oscar-watching apparel. <laughs> uh... And sideways. Yeah, sideways on that. And yeah. Robert Stack, we didn't we hardly oh. saw Robert Stack in this uh, episode. That's true. This is if you're only watching Unsolved Mysteries to I don't know see Robert Stack. See Robert Stack, you're gonna be disappointed. Not your favorite. But episode. in the second one, he's wearing a lovely suit, which I wrote down gray gray suit on Stack and even underlined it because it was so nice. <laughs> so the thumbs up. Fa- the fabric of it is just like looks expensive. So expensive. I mean, he's always dressed to the nines, but. That's a good one. All right, we're a thumbs up then. Thumbs for up Stack. for Robert Stack, who can't say the word cafe. Or is he saying it right and we're all saying it wrong? Probably, actually, we should probably assume he's doing it right. Probably. Why am I assuming I'm right? Probably. I'm right about nothing. How do you rate this episode out of a possible five Robert Stacks? <sighs> two and a half? I was thinking two and a half or three. Yeah. Not, not, my, not my favorite. It's not the worst. I mean, it's not no. the mystery where a bunch of dogs die. Oh, it's so, not that we're never supposed to speak sorry, of that again. Sorry, We forgot to mention in that episode that there was, a, there was a moment where one of the police officers said that around here, what did he say? Like, if you shoot a person, it's one thing, but if you shoot a dog, we're coming for you. It was like, <laughs> he was trying to explain that people in the area were dog lovers, and he was saying, there's people in these parts who would, like, shoot you over their dog before they would their wife or something. basically like people <laughs> like their dogs better than their wives yeah but that episode was that segment was so depressing that i forgot about the one humorous moment of that guy <laughs> explaining people's deep affection for their hunting dogs which they prefer to their wives well, okay i mean um but we're never supposed to speak of that again oh yeah that's Samantha. right sorry about that that's it for this episode really 
Yeah. Nothing more to say. Check out John's stingray mustache. So what makes it the stingray, you're wondering? Liz, what makes it the stingray? So it's, you know, upper lip, sure. It comes down on both sides, sure. Okay, which Standard. is sort of the... That's like a... It has a little a flip stash. to it. Okay. But he doesn't shave the very top of his mustache. And so the hair... I'm sorry to speak ill of the dead, but it goes into each nostril. <laughs> it resembles the head of a stingray. And then this comes down. This is like the body. You know? I will, we'll do a side-by-side with Liz's drawing and the <laughs> and the photo. I don't remember it in that much detail, but also I think I was upset about this segment it's and I wasn't paying very, very close sad. attention. Liz had to take notes, so she was paying attention. I was just kind of like waiting for it to be over. I wrote down at one point, oh no, Rusty, because his <laughs> name got changed to Rusty. I do remember that part. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I wish the best for all of those siblings, and they're a very sad tale, and I hope they're all doing better, and I feel bad that John has passed away. It seems like they, they are doing better, or at least they were when this episode yeah. came out. So. Yeah. Liz, what is your re- recommendation? Oh, I'm excited to talk about this recommendation. Okay. I have to talk about the only thing that got me through... The snowstorm? The snows, the monkeys curse blizzard, which was watching Drag Race Thailand. Oh, I should have known you were gonna recommend this. <laughs> because I've yet to check it out, but I really need it's to. It's the was the only light in my life. It was the only thing that brought me joy <laughs> as the snow fell all around us. If you are familiar with RuPaul's Drag Race, which they recently aired yeah, you should be. It's the best thing on television. They recently aired a uh, version in Thailand, mm-hmm. which I don't think you're really supposed to be able to watch, but it's on YouTube. You can find it. If you have a favorite show that you watch in America, I would encourage you to find the same version of that show from other countries, and I guarantee nine times out of ten, it's going to be better. The Australian <laughs> version of MasterChef, fucking amazing. And really, they play like an episode a day. That show is huge over there. Whoa. It's crazy, and it's so good. Like here, like you watch the Australian version, I'm and it's like, you can tell that the American version is highly staged. Right. And that the Australian one is just so much better. Huh. But it's extremely hard to find because we're sure. not meant to watch Australian. Like, you're supposed to be in Australia to watch it. Well, that's dumb. Yeah. But it's really good. It's a wide world. Share all the television with me. And now we're learning a great thing about RuPaul's Drag Race. RuPaul's Drag Race. So it's called Drag Race Thailand. The host, who I really like, is Art Aria who is actually known more as a fashion designer. Whose Instagram is amazing. The looks are so Stunning. beautiful. So she's not really a drag performer, which is kind of interesting. She is a fashion designer and went to school in France and in Thailand and now teaches and also teaches like catwalking and stuff like that. So it has a little bit of a different approach in that way. The, and then... She has a co-host named Pagina Heels, who <laughs> is amazing also, and is is the performer. So okay. you're getting sort Got of it. feedback from the... That's, I guess, her Michelle Visage, except sure. that it's a little bit more involved in the show. Okay. Got so the, the format, if you're familiar with RuPaul's Drag Race, is the same thing, um, except that the, it's a full hour long each episode. Oh, amazing. So, yes. So you get a mini challenge every time. You get more of the maxi challenge, and you get the full runway for each person. Oh, that's amazing. It's amazing. If you if if you love RuPaul's Drag Race anyway, 
this is so great. You made a bold statement when you told me about this, which was that it is better than season 10. RuPaul's Drag Race season 10 is out right now. And you said that Drag Race Thailand was better. I got so into watching Drag Race Thailand, I completely forgot about season 10. Which is, that's saying a lot. Liz loves the show. (laughs) And then every so often I'll be like, oh yeah, I guess I have another episode of season 10 I haven't seen yet. I paid to watch that. (laughs) I bought that on Amazon and I kept forgetting about it because I was enjoying Drag Race Thailand so much. Is it subtitle? I assume it okay. must be. <laughs> so you can find this on YouTube. I don't think it's supposed to be there. <laughs> You're going to need to search for D-T... <laughs> no, D-R-T-H. Okay. Drag Race Thailand for... With English sub. <laughs> the episode you want. Are you going to link directly to it? I or will. You, okay. I will. On our website? So that's... Don't tell anybody, you guys. Yeah. So that's how I found it. Someone has meticulously gone through and put subtitles on it. They're doing the Lord's work. When things are puns. Oh, my God. So that you can understand jokes. They translated the songs. Because sometimes they're lip syncing the songs in English, but sometimes they're in Thai. Okay. So they'll translate the songs for you so you understand, like, wow. dance moves that are happening. Not all heroes wear capes, you guys. I know. It's really the Lord's work, and I appreciate it. So, so much because it's so good. The looks are incredible. The fact that it's longer. Everybody on the show, okay, if you like Drag Race just for catfighting, you're not going to like this so much. Okay. Because there is, especially after the first few people go, way more of a sense of camaraderie. Happens. Yes. Which I think is how these things really are. But they edit them and stage fights this is my yeah you know, so that that's really, how we do things that's on american really happen. reality tv everybody seems really nice and they all like get along they're clearly not being sequestered at some hotel they oh, seem okay. to go home oh and they have jobs one of them works on a shrimp farm one of them sells caskets <laughs> like they're real people right and so they're not being kept away from all their family and loved ones that i think on reality shows kind of drives people insane they're also not drinking okay at least not on the show like when the pit crew comes out they specifically mention that it's giving them they're giving them juice Hmm. so i don't think that they like you know you don't have these like big fights where it's like you know (laughs) i don't have a sugar daddy but if i wanted a sugar daddy i could get you know you don't have those moments i personally prefer it same so um yeah it's everybody getting along. You get to see the different challenges. You get to see people's amazing looks. The dra- the runways are longer, and that's really... And people bring out, like, way more props. Like, their runway shows or whatever you want to call it are way more involved. Wow. And people get much more direct, actually... Con- what if you were wondering oh what is constructive criticism (laughs) where it's like this is why this person won and this is why you didn't win and this is what you could work on for next time and blah 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 it's adorable it's fascinating to see elements of the like weird subculture of drag race in another part of the world where people are also screaming out like yes work bitch but it's in (laughs) thailand but then there's also all these elements of thai culture so it's super fascinating I feel like I talked about it for too long, but it's really interesting. You made a great case for it. I recommend. I definitely need to find torrenting some time. it or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Find it. It's out there. Amazing. So I am recommending another podcast, and actually, I'm recommending another Max Fun podcast. Not because I like. Because you're addicted to Max I Fun. Mean, oh, Max Fun calls will be on your network. No, I'm kidding. Um, but not really. But not. But you should do that. 
<laughs> so this is not a new podcast. They've been around for several years, I think. Um, but it's new to me. So someone in our book club recommended it. And I had heard it before, and I just never got around to downloading it. It is called Sawbones. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I haven't. The full title is A Marital Tour of Misguided Medicine. So the hosts are Dr. Sydney McElroy and her husband, Justin. So Sydney is a doctor. She is a family medicine doctor. And then her husband is not. I don't really. I think her husband might be a writer or something. Her husband is fucking hilarious, though. And the premise of the show is that they pick one topic and Sydney uh, researches it. Or sometimes I think she just knows a lot of the stuff because she's a doctor. And then she tells her husband about it. And they have, because they've been around forever, they have a million topics. And sometimes they'll do things that are in the news. Okay. So they did, the episode that really got my attention first was they did Raw Water. Oh, yeah. I work in public health. And um, that just, nothing makes me more insane than the people that think that our mostly potable water in this country and that we can just turn on the tap and get clean water. People literally go out and buy dirty water because they think it's healthier for you. Anyway, they did a whole episode about it, and I fucking love it. They did the CDC and medical censorship, which was super interesting when the oh. CDC, when it came out that the CDC was discouraging or banning, depending on who you talk to, certain words, like fetus yes. and stuff like that. They did a whole episode about that and, like, the history. So a lot of these are history. So they also did, like, the history of wound care. So they'll talk oh. about throughout history how people would take care of wounds, um... I'm just scrolling through some of their... They did aspirin. They did snoring, tickling, eugenics, opioid addiction, erectile dysfunction. Um, they did a whole series on conversion therapy that I listened to that was really oh, good. Oh, wow. Um, and, like, the history of it. They have tons of episodes. And I'll, it's one of the um, podcasts that I'll just put on while I'm at work if I'm doing... Um, something that I don't need to focus on quite as much. And I can kind of listen to this in the background. Um, and her husband is hilarious. And he'll just throw out like dad jokes and stuff. Oh, God. And it's really funny. It's a they don't swear like it. I think I don't sure. know if kids would get, dig this topic, but um, you could potentially if you're not listen to it around. If you're listening to our podcast, you're not put off by swears. But if you are put off by swears, I think this would be a podcast. Something you, you can listen to with your children and the elderly. And you learn a lot. So if you're one of those people that likes, you know, stuff you missed in history class or how stuff works, like I think podcast you would really other enjoy. than this podcast because we teach you <laughs> nothing. No, we really do. And she's an actual expert, so she's actually a doctor. Uh, she teaches medicine. She like teaches residents and stuff. So she's super smart and knowledgeable about the, all these things. And I really appreciate her scientific approach to things. Yeah. Like when they just did GMOs, like they tried to be very scientific about it and only talk about, you know, the things that there's science-based evidence for and things like that, which I, I really appreciate. I thought it was a good, um, they've done other topics like that, like controversial topics like fluoride and things hmm. like that. So you don't want a delicious glass of raw water, Samantha? Fuck no. Dirty water. Yeah. Literally water that has not been treated. It's not like, that's not like spring water. Like, I don't know if everyone knows about this raw water craze. I do. But it's not like spring water, which is like what Coca-Cola takes from like some city in Pennsylvania to sell to people. Like, this is like dirty, un- like they, it's specifically untreated water, which I don't even know how you could legally sell that. Like, maybe because the government hasn't gotten around to regulating it yet. Because they but, didn't like, think anybody would ever want it. Yeah. They didn't bother. Like, instead of going to your tap and turning on the clean water that you get, that there's people in fucking Puerto Rico 
that can't get clean water. They have to literally drink water because it's all dirty water because it's the only thing they have to drink. Yeah. And we here, I mean... We're bathing in it. We're showering. Yeah. The vast majority of Americans can turn on their tap and get clean, fresh drinking water. And there are people that are deciding not to drink that and instead to drink dirty water. (laughs) Pay money to go get dirty water? It drives me crazy. It's really maddening to me because one of my least favorite things about my fellow Americans is when talking about other countries, they will act like another country is inferior because it doesn't have a big water infrastructure system. So if you've ever heard someone putting down Mexico going, oh, you can't drink the water. It's like, well, they just don't have the same infrastructure that we do. Right. There's lots of reasons for that, such as us exploiting them. Blah, 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 <laughs> yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, hello. But that's not like a reflection of the people or the like quality of the culture. But you'll you'll hear people say stuff like that. Right. Like, they you can't drink the water there. Therefore, I would never go there. And you're like, what the what? fuck is wrong with you? So the idea that, that rich people would now pay for undrinkable water to yes. drink. yes. It, it It is extremely frustrating. It's extremely frustrating that we would take advantage of it to the extent that there are people in this world who have no choice but to drink, to risk their health drinking dirty water because it's all they have access to. Yeah. And we are privileged enough to be able to turn on a tap in our fucking house and have an unlimited supply of clean water. And yet we would decide to pay money to some <laughs> asshole because we think we need the minerals from it or something or because we're afraid of fluoride. I don't even understand. It drives me crazy. I... We're really good at creating problems <laughs> that, that, that just don't need to exist. Yeah. Right? Like, we we got people, ex- with the exception of Native American reservations, people really there don't have access to clean drinking water, which is Unless a huge you, yeah, crime. There are people in this country who... It's not most, though. No. And unless you're under, like, a boil advisory or something, like, your water is probably okay. Oh, my God. Okay. I love that we're going on a huge tangent about water, (laughs) but my friend Crystal used to work at a coffee shop that was in a mall and they, it was, this was in Aurora, Illinois, and it got a boil advisory. So she couldn't make people cold beverages. God. Right? Sadly, because it's like a corporate coffee shop. They didn't just fucking close, which would be the reasonable thing to do. Right. Give give everyone a paid day off while they fix the water (laughs) situation. So she had to spend her day explaining to everyone, like, I can make you hot coffee, but I cannot make you a frappuccino. And then people would go, yeah, 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 yeah. So give me a frappuccino. And... Right, and being extremely indignant, and then asking if there was other parts of the mall they could go to where the water was fine. Like people just not understanding what? the boil advisory. But it, I don't understand. The part that I always bring up and will never ever forget is someone very indignantly telling her that they should be able to get an iced coffee because there's no water in ice. <laughs> I don't want to live in this world. I know, and I, I, I will never forget that as long as I live. I bring what? it up all the time. That she was like, yeah, I can give you a hot coffee, but I can't give you an iced coffee because of the the water situation. And they were like, why? There's no water in ice. <laughs> I almost like. How do you not slap that person? <laughs> that's a that's a moment in like customer service. I don't bravery. I, I don't oh courage. God. I have to say, how I, do you not kick that person and go get the fuck out no, of this store? I could say, and maybe not everyone is like this, but when I worked in customer service, because I worked at a coffee shop for six years, 
these didn't happen very often. Fortunately, there's not that many of these dumb people out there. But I live for the moments when someone would come in and say something <laughs> like that. Because usually you have to be very polite. Yeah. And you can't say, uh, that's there's the dumbest fucking question I ever heard. Actually, Thanks. ice is made out of, out of water. Like that's one of those moments where you can kind of tell someone off a little bit. Right. Like I had one right. guy come in and he was, he wanted coffee and he's like, Columbia, uh, Ethiopia, like, why isn't there any American coffee? And I just oh, had to be like, my dude, God. because we don't exactly have the climate to grow it here. That's why. <laughs> like, that's oh, why there's no my. Minnesota coffee because it snows here, idiot. Like, I love those moments. It hurts. it hurts your soul because you don't want to believe that people are that dumb. But also, it was like just a tiny bit of a nugget of joy in your sure in your shitty fucking existence when I you had to work in customer service. Go, told her to go clean out the ice machine. Oh my god! Fuck you. Yeah. Ugh. Those but. are the worst people you have to deal with. People in customer service are saints. I don't know how I made it so long. It's rough. I I yeah, think everybody nice should to have them. to work customer yes, service. Because everyone should. Everyone should have to work out like a it'll fucking make call you, or something. It'll make you nicer and it'll make you a better tipper. And yes. It'll make you understand that there is a limit of how much you can control. And if <laughs> a city's water supply has been contaminated, a, a little coffee shop cannot fix that problem. Also, fuck you. You're in here to get... You can't get your iced coffee. Boo fucking who. Buy like, a bottled beverage. You have to buy a hot coffee instead of an iced coffee today? I'm so... I feel so sorry for you. I mean, that is rough. <laughs> My Poor God. babies. People are the worst. I hope they started to go fund me for the trauma. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, what were well, we even talking that about? That was Water Talk with yeah. Liz and Samantha. <laughs> Check your privilege, everyone, and Don't, enjoy your not raw water. If you send us emails about the it, glories of raw water. Yeah, or how you don't want to drink fluoride, I will fucking block you. I will send you an email saying you are not allowed to listen to this show anymore. <laughs> we are fortunate. Minnesota has really great yes. tap water, which is not true everywhere. If it you live in Chicago, everywhere. please filter your water. They just <laughs> found there was a ton of lead in it. So... I don't. Yeah, there are places in to, this country. I don't know what you should do about that, but I'm sorry if we're yeah. sitting here talking about great water. And Flint still doesn't have drinkable water. I mean, there that's is. That's a fucking unfortunately, crisis. and you know, that's for the vast majority embarrassment. of Americans, we do have potable water. Unfortunately, Flint does not, and it's a yeah. tragedy, and it's unacceptable in our country. I can't believe that's so, gone on for so long. It's so. Yeah. It's just a national embarrassment. It's a real. It really black is. Black mark in our history mm-hmm. that can, is continuing. Continue, it continues to be. It's unacceptable because... They're going to stop providing drinkable water, too, and they haven't fixed it. Yeah. So I don't understand what Puerto people are supposed Rico to do. Puerto Rico is a... That, don't even get me started. I know. It's it's ridiculous. We... This anyway. I could, I could go on and on. absolute chaos. <laughs> yeah. Minnesota's getting a lot better since it stopped fucking snowing every Minnesota, day. Minnesota... I like to think we're, like, basically Canada... I'm waiting for the day. I would love... You know how Texas every so often is like, we're going to secede, and everybody's like, yeah, okay. I want Minnesota to, to secede and become part of Canada. And I'd I'm pretty sure it. Trump doesn't even know there's a Minnesota. I so don't think so. We he, could probably just disappear. I don't think he would notice until no. someone came to him about like redoing the flag. Yeah. And then he'd be like, what? There used to be a Minnesota. And then he would just go back to eating his fish fillet sandwiches and watching Fox News. They probably wouldn't even tell him. Probably not. They I mean, why change bother? All the flags. He'd never notice. Yeah. Or they'll just be like, no, one of those stars is for Puerto Rico, that place we're not helping. 
Yeah. Yeah. And he'd be like, oh, okay, that makes uh, sense. Oh, yeah. Give me another fish fillet. Yeah. I'm going to go golf now. <laughs> <laughs> ah, help us! Help uh, us! Save us. Okay, that's all we have Whoa. for you. Should we yeah. plug our shit? If you want to give us some money on Patreon, you can listen to our bonus episodes. We have a new one coming out this week. Uh, we are on the social medias as perhaps it's you. On you can email us, but do not fucking email us about fluoride. fluoride. You can email us at <laughs> perhaps it's you podcast at gmail.com. Uh, anything else? We have a couple tote bags left. We have so a couple tote bags. Snatch them. Get them. If you are concerned, if you if it, the we, the situation we have for buying the tote bags has prevented you, if it's been a barrier, just send us a message. We'll figure out how to yeah. sell you a tote bag in a way yeah. that you feel comfortable <laughs> with. Um, I think that's all we have. Yes, we thank you for listening. Thanks for being patient in our our snow situation. We appreciate you tuning into snack talk, turning into water talk, <laughs> turning into complaining about the snow. Yeah. Oh, and Lenny. Lenny says, hey, Lenny, do you want to say hi to everybody? Lenny. Oh. Lenny, thanks, y'all, for listening. Bye!